Hello, Internet. This is Chase Wassner, a.k.a. the Red Shirt King, and welcome to yet another special edition of the Guest the Lions Unicorn Challenge podcast. We are we just finished day five of Worlds, and I don't think this day went the way that most people expected. I can tell you that if you're going just by the LOL Esports Pick'em stats, 97% of people have already gotten their brackets wrong just based on this group stage. I... <laughs> yeah, I uh, I didn't even bother to make a pick em. It was just one of those things where I'm like, I, I said it enough in so many podcasts on paper, <laughs> and I knew I would be wrong. So I'm just like, yeah, I, oh, I, I, I'm not getting this game. By the way, I'm joined by my good friend, Walter Fetchuk. Walter, how are you doing, man? Uh, I mean, that happened. Group <laughs> A happened. A lot of things happened. And the funniest part of all of this, and we'll, and we'll get into the exact bets later, but we both had our best gambling day of the split. Uh, of the tournament, I should say, in what was clearly one of the craziest days of the entire of the entire year, probably. I don't know how this happened, and yeah, I, I, I guess it starts with the CLG versus Q Tigers game, and you, you know you've you've been repping the North American squads so far. You've got this kind of regional vibe to your rooting interests, if nothing else. What was going through your head when you saw the first pick Echo in this game for CLG? Why are we prioritizing Echo? That that's actually like why why is this the first pick Echo? Dar no, they just got Darius. Like, wait, what? <laughs> like, what you banned Kennen? Like, wait, what? <laughs> like, let Either pick the Darius or let them pick Darius and take Nar. Like, it just, it was dumb. It it made no sense. They gave up Darius and Azir, which Azir, eh, whatever. Like, Poe Belcher's Azir wasn't very good. But, like, Ku could have just as easily have taken Elise. But I I don't know. I'm I, At the end of the day, like, it, it, the first pick Echo wasn't the problem. It was that... Who basically got a great read on what TSM uh, and what CLG's composition was, and just counterpicked the entire composition with Tom Kench. Yeah, I mean, well, I'll, I'll say this: on the one hand, I agree with you that Tom Kench just destroyed this game, and this was a perfect game that explains why people were upset that Aframu made it into the top twenty and Gorilla does not. It, you know, not that we want to pick on that list any more than it's already been picked apart time and time and time again. But it's this was one Horse of those map. games where you saw. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it went so well for all of these players for Coup that you know hadn't gotten that kind of. And, and you and you can tell Riot wanted CLG to win so much because like from the second that Coup picked Azir, it was all oh Coup has only won three of their past you know. 13 games with Azir. Like, they have a 20% win ratio. It, it Kuro said, take your win ratio and, and sh- put it someplace the sun don't shine. Yeah, I, put it that way. I appreciate the catch there. Yeah, it was, it's <laughs> all those things where, I mean, I get frustrated with, with Ku for this. I was frustrated that they picked Azir in all three of these games. I'll admit that because Kuro's Azir hasn't been very good. At the very least, it hasn't been very good compared to the victor who does a lot of, you know, the same kind of things for your team at the end of the day. And he's had much more consistent success on it. Let me give you some stats on Echo for this tournament, just for people who are curious. Echo has been banned zero times. It has been first picked zero times before this. Uh, In its games, it's been played seven times uh, in the now 
30 it, games that we've seen. Has it really was it really played 7 times before this game? Well, so, se- I'm talking 7 six. times now that the day is done. Now that this day is over, I don't, he has played what twice today. He's played twice today, so he's been played. I five can't believe times. he has played five times. Yeah, and guess what his record is in this tournament? Zero and seven. One and six. <laughs> there oh, was, one and six. There was one exception to the rule, and you first picked this. And I, I don't mean to try to harp on you know picks and bans are, are a part of the game that people you know obviously have. It's something that matters a lot, but you can't ultimately blame the entirety of most games, you still have the ability to execute. And surely, X-Mithy could have had a much better Jungle Echo game than he had. I don't particularly like Jungle Echo in this particular patch for competitive because he does so much better in his AP ratios than he does with anything like a, a Cinder Hulk or any of the other stats he used to use when he was coming out of the jungle. And you really don't want to build full AP in a competitive format because it just makes your jungler so squishy and gets away from any of those kinds of initiations you're looking for. It didn't work. Uh, the Vigar worked for this team. I thought that Poe Belcher's Vigar was actually pretty solid, and he was able to get some kills on Kuro that kept this game closer at the very beginning than it probably should have been. But it didn't It didn't matter. It didn't matter when Darius got that big. Like, yeah. And it didn't the ma- stun isn't enough. And it didn't matter. As soon as Aphromoo tried to 1v1 Tom Kench... I was like, wow, either they have no understanding of how Tom Kench works as a champion, or they just don't care. And They didn't care. And that's really not great. And, you know, I, I get that, you know, they banned the cannon because the cannons went through them off last time. But it really felt like this was a team that was overcompensating for some of the things that it snowballed them last time. And as a result ended up getting snowballed even harder in this game. This was over by the 23, you know, by the 24 minute mark. Yeah. I this is a disaster. Zion I, looked terrible. Uh well, it's, since the tournament's over and uh, Zion is probably was probably the most under like probably underperformed the most out of any player here. Yeah. I'm having I'm I'm really hard pressed other than like the LGD guys and they still have three more games to kind of like convince me. Mm-hmm. Um like uh like Maple did today, but yeah, he is probably the li- like literally the most disappointing person to watch at Worlds, and it, his inexperience on the international stage really showed here. And his counter, like, his, I don't think the team helped him by putting him into like good like good situations up until the the game against the Flash Wolves, I think. Yeah, where he played the Echo into the Malphite. Um, I don't think Fiora is a good counterpick in Adarius. We've seen it a couple times, and it just it doesn't work. Uh, it also doesesn't help when that Darius somehow you know two v twos your AD carry and your support with a support Tom Kench. That doesn't really help. So you're um, saying that uh, having your star AD carry, the guy who had done something like thirty five percent of the damage for your team, getting one v two is a bad sign for your for your overall performance in this tournament? Yeah, I'll say today. Double lift was the most disappointing person oh, to watch. I, he was as, as as like bad as like Zion Spartan has like played over the course of the tournament. Double lift played horrendously. Like I can't think of an adjective bad enough to describe his play today. And I don't count the game against Pain because he's on Vayne and he's just like playing for fun. There's no pressure on him. Like his games against the game against Koo and the game against Flash Wolves were unacceptable. When he literally played one champion all all worlds, he played Tristana. And I think one Jinx game. 
Like, this is all he played was Tristana, Tristana. And I get she's really, really strong, and that was what the team was trying to play around. But his play was just awful. Just horrendous. And I, I know everyone's reading into the clip where he, like, the, the, the little clip, there's, a, like, a 30-second clip of their comms on Reddit about him saying, guys, this is the last time I'm playing with you. Like, please, let's beat them so I don't have to listen to, you know, get messages on Facebook saying BRTT is better than Doublelift. Like, People are reading into that, thinking that he's retiring, but there is a good chance he retires. And not only will TSM see wholesale changes, but CLG is about to see wholesale changes in the offseason. Uh, so I'd pay attention to that. But overall, his like first Worlds was really disappointing. I'll say this. He had a great week one. I think today he was underperforming. And one of the things that I think you could point to, that we've been point- we were pointing to yesterday, this is what happens when Poe Belter doesn't get Lulu. There, he, this is a team that has functioned best when you protect double lift, when you allow him to just get in there and keep fighting and keep poping and he just never dies because you just give him the, uh, the wild growth and you give him the shield and you give him everything else he needs to just keep poking away. And they didn't have that. And that put pressure on Aphromoo. And where I disagree with you is I thought Aphromoo was the worst player on CLG today. He had terrible games. There was no help for double lift. In that bot lane, the way he was getting soloed out and making those silly plays against the Tom Kent in this game, the way that he played in their game against uh, the Flash Wolves, which we're going to get to in a little bit, I was incredibly disappointed by a guy who is typically known to be the brains behind a lot of the CLG team, just doing a lot of really mindless mistakes. And I understand that as an AD carry, you know, and someone who the team relies on so much, it's easy to look at him and say, you are our biggest damage source. You have to make plays here. And certainly he did not do that. And he deserves criticism for that. But he was not getting a lot of appeal. He was not getting a lot of good engages. He was not getting a lot of opportunities set up for him. The kind of opportunities that he has relied on throughout this tournament. And as an AD carry, it's really hard to be everything this team was asking him to be when you're not getting that help. And that's why I'm a little bit more sympathetic to him than I am to Zion Spartan, who took a carry meta that was basically handed to him and still screwed it up, and then an well, out support that really, really should have been a lot more than. So, so the like the 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 as hard as you're going in on on like Aframu there, and you're cutting double lift some slack because Aframu was playing so poorly. That's where I'm giving Zion Spartan some slack because I don't think he was put in a good position. Any, like I said, in any of the games except the one against Flash Rules, where he, where they kind of flexed that Echo pick into the into the Malphite, which I'm not entirely sure was meant to happen at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think they picked Echo in that game with the intention of, hey guys, let's give it to Zion Spartan in the top lane. Do I think that that was something that they had worked on as you know as a flex pick? Sure, of course, because the AP is definitely better than playing it as Tank Jungle, but. I still think that that was kind of like a, a like they're scared uh, against the against the Rex side because it's not a really good matchup. Uh, you know, let's let's just throw a top lane and you know whatever. We'll see what happens. Um, you know how you fix that though? How you change that entire problem? Maybe you don't last pick your jungler when Rex is already locked in. Like no one was forcing them to have their top lane and mid lane essentially all good to go before the Malphite and LeBlanc came in. You didn't yeah. have to lock in the victor at that time. They, CLG's picks and bans were pretty terrible across the board. But we're jumping the gun there. We do yeah, need to yeah, talk absolutely. about the, the games that came before. But the most important part of all this 
is that this is this is at 8:49 a.m. Eastern time. I get this message from Walter, and we had agreed, as we mentioned yesterday on the podcast, that we were going to be doing our wagers live during the game, so we can kind of respond. And you know, there's a little bit of skill in deciding when to place your bets. You know, when you know a team had a really bad game, you're more likely to get a good odd. You know, as as things kind of shift and vice versa. And so at 8:49 after the CLG loss, I get. 30 on Koo over Pain and Flash Wolves over Koo. And I see this, and I'm like, okay, this must be separate bets. He's like, no, this is a multi-bet. <laughs> and, and, and I'm like, okay. Um, do you mind? Like, I just kind of like, do you mind explaining? I, I, I think that's a... Well, well let, let, a let's, little... do, let's do Flash Wolves over Pain first, because well, no, that'll lead no, into it. No, because this is before the... Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah it's Flash Wolves game. Pain, and pain you, you say, quote... I'm going all in on the gambling to counter-jinx them so hard they get out. That is the direct quote from you. Now, I want you to remember that because then we go into game two. And, and counter-jinxing CLG, by the way. Yeah. That's, that's why I'm speaking of them, is CLG. Yes. Your whole goal at this point is North America needs to make it to the quarterfinals. And so the Flash Wolves play pain. And I got to be honest. I was looking at that and saying, clearly CLG doesn't need your help. Because and, the and, Flash Wolves just needed 52 minutes to beat... The Brazilian team here. And, and I bet on pain in this game. <laughs> you did? <laughs> I, I, I bet on pain for this game. I thought pain was going to win this game. I, I thought pain was going to win this game. And pain should have won this game. I thought pain was going to win this game at 10.45 last night. <laughs> I, uh, I was a little uh, disappointed, I would say, by pain gaming here. And it's hard to say that you can really be disappointed by a wildcard team that ended up winning two games at the end of this group. Should have been three. That's, that's what you counter it with. It absolutely should have been three. I mean, there's no reason. The, the indecisiveness on that Baron killed them. And yeah. then leaving the mid inhibitor, which was a surefire thing. The side lanes are pushing in. You've got both those inhibitors down. There is no reason to back off for that inhibitor. You have, you know, one of the Nexus Towers is down. You've got, you know, it's, they keep pushing in. And what do you do? You leave... To go try to stop Baron. Because you are... I'm sorry, Dragon. Because the fifth Dragon was up for Flash Wolves. And you are so terrified of that happening that you go run away to that Dragon. And you know what happens? Karza does a Karza thing. He steals it. Now they have five Dragons and Enzo gets a quadra kill and you lose. That is a ridiculously poor decision. So when, when they didn't keep baiting the Baron... Which they should have done and gotten the inhibitor and blah, blah, blah. When they were at Dragon, the entire time I'm going is a minion wave's coming in. Teleport. Nar, teleport. Nar, teleport. Nar, teleport. Why aren't you teleporting? Why aren't you teleporting? The entire time that this is going on is they're, like, picking and, you know, picking at each other. I'm like, Lulu's not able – like, nobody's able to back right now. Teleport. Teleport. (laughs) And then he went in to try and Nar – to Mega Nar, and I was like, nope, this – that's it. Yeah. And it's – I think it's the inexperience of being in those kinds of decisions, those snap decisions. This is one of those things that when we talk about the Koreans and they play you – know, they practice 16 hours a day or something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of repetitive like practice. They, they have these kinds of plays in scrims, you know, these kinds of decisions that they you know, create in scrims six or seven times a week where they're playing these games back and forth with their scrim partners and they get to one of these. And they're just trained at this point to immediately know, OK, no, we're going to keep baiting this Baron while – you know, Nar gets that bot tired. Like they just instinctively know. And I think for the the lower tier regions, and I'm going to include LMS because I feel like Flash Wolves and AHQ, 
and North America and Europe. Okay, everybody but China and, and Korea, basically. Make these kind of mistakes where it seems very obvious to an observer. It seems very obvious, even if you can't see where everyone is on the map, even if you can't see where Lulu is, if Lulu's not at Baron, you keep attacking, you, you know, keep going at Baron because at worst, it's a 3v4, and then Lulu comes in and it's a 4v4. Mm-hmm. And NAR still has teleport and can TP it. And conversely, if you're NAR, you don't see Lulu. You assume that Lulu is either coming to you and you can either duel her or run away and teleport in and make it a 5v3 at Baron, or Lulu's going to Baron and you get a free inhibitor. And I can understand that in the middle of playing, in the middle of having all that adrenaline and everything going through you, it's hard to make those snap decisions. But you need to get, it needs to be repetitive to the point where it's instinctual that, okay, I know I need to do this. Just off the top. Like, right off the top of your head, you're immediately like, nope, I'm going after the inhibitor. Okay, I see Lulu now. Is that me? She has no TP. I teleport to my team. We take Baron. It, it needs to be instinctual and, and robotic almost, mm-hmm. that you just automatically know what that decision is. Yeah. And, and, so, and to be fair, like, I don't know how much I want to blame Brazil as a region for this. I mean, INTZ is a team that we I've mentioned a couple times was much better known for playing the map and having this mm-hmm. kind of macro awareness. They were a team that I think would have made – these kinds of decisions. I don't know if they would have been there on a micro level. Uh, Probably I think not. Pain gaming as individual players, we saw just how good they are. This team could have gone four and two. We forget how much the other Flash Wolves game also could have gone the other way. I mean, imagine, right, that this whole idea of, uh, or sorry, they beat the Flash Wolves the first time. I, 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 they could have been three and three. They would have had. They could have beat CLG the first time. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, they could have been CLG the first time. That's what I was thinking of. You're correct. Yeah. Um, but they could have, if they won that this game against Flash Wolves, it would have been two teams at three and three. They would have had the two zero over Flash Wolves, and Pain gets out of this group. That's the difference of this game. Yeah. And you know how what hurts you in these kinds of situations? The fact that when all the teams that really mattered were scrimming in Korea, you were scrimming in Europe against EU challenger teams, and rock out if you were really lucky. That's. You're not, hey, you're not I, I don't, teams to punish you like that. It's, I don't – it's hard. You're, you're basically using the same argument I, I am about Brazil as a region just not having the quality of team around them to, to boost competition. And I think that's, that's very true of every region outside of China and Korea. Well, well that's there okay. isn't the like At the bottom, there isn't the level of competition to constantly push you. I mean look at, look at North America. Like I don't think there's a single team in North America – that would be anything higher than the worst team in the LPL or, or LCK. Like, mm-hmm. there are probably challenger teams over there, and there are probably challenger teams in those leagues that could come over to NA and be the third or fourth best team in the region. See, I, I guess I'll have to disagree with you there just because we saw that this is a Koo Tigers team that was very vulnerable. Just because CLG didn't take off a victory here? I don't think that, you know, Flash Wolves are some incredible, over-the-top you know, powerhouse from this unknown region that just, you know, shocked the world with two wins over Koo. This was a Koo team that had systematic flaws, even as one of the three best teams in Korea. I think the gap is has gotten itself to a point where teams that are from these regions have started to catch up. They're not going to get there every time. And more often than not, I'm still going to put my faith in the Korean team. But we saw that with the Origin versus KT Rolster. Origin, not even the best team in Europe. As far as everything is concerned, they got the three seed in this region, and they were able to both outplay and outmind game this KT Rolster team. I just, I, I don't think the gap is that high. What I do think is that when all the best teams in the world are all scrimming in the same area of the world, 
because everyone's getting ready for Worlds. And we know that Koreans are the best at organizing scrims and getting these scrim partners going. And the quality of team that's going to be available, even if you don't get the big-name teams, you know, getting to scrim against Jin Air is very different than getting to scrim against gamers, too. That's just very a fact. And, and that, that's, that's something true. That I, I'm sure there was... I'm sure money was a big thing. I'm sure that, you know, if you told Pain Gaming, by the way, the difference between getting out of this group and not getting out of this group is having some better, more efficient practice. Maybe they can scrounge up the money. It's really hard to say because there's so many things that what? come into it. I don't think Pain Gaming ever thought they were going to be one game away from getting out now, of the group. Now, let me make one counterpoint, though. Please. They were the only team to group as five before lanes the way they did mm-hmm. that I've watched. They're the only ones that would literally go sit in a bush in their jungle and wait for the enemy team to come in and do the weird, okay, we're trying to get, you know, we're trying to get our lane swap or whatever. We're trying to confirm what lanes we want. And they would sit there and they waited. They waited for the enemy team. I don't think you get that if you go to Korea. I don't think all of a sudden they – I think that that's one thing that they got from, the, the you know, the level of practice that they got and the – uh, scrim partners that they were getting about this well we don't necessarily have to go into the enemy jungle to get like vision and get control we're fine either way we'll just wait for them to come in our jungle because most teams don't go as five into the enemy jungle to ward up they, you know they try and ward both sides mm-hmm. in in some way so they'll send the jungler in the top one direction and they'll send like the mid and the bot lane one direction so at worst you have a 5v3 with maybe you waste the teleport you know the teleport from the top laner I, I just think that they did some in, like they did some interesting things, and if you're gonna blame the fact that they didn't have good that their scrim partners weren't good enough that they are settling for you know secondary scrims, whose fault do we you know who's who do we blame basically for that? Do we blame the organization for either not having enough money or being too cheap to send them to Korea, or do we blame Riot for not? You know, like having an officially sanctioned boot camp. Like, all right, like we're just gonna fly everyone out to you know. France, you know, three weeks early, and instead of everyone playing in Korea, everybody's going to play in France. Well, no, you know, I, since we're flying you to France anyways, like that, that's I'm not that's to, kind of my question. I'm not trying to imply that. I'm okay. trying. What I'm trying to say is, at the end of the day, this was Pain Gaming's game to lose, and they lost it. That's on them. All of that rests on them. There's no way of knowing whether going to play in Korea or anything else would have ultimately made a difference. I'm not trying to say that this was the end-all, be-all in this situation. What I am willing to say is that as a general rule, there are lessons that you learn when you play against a certain quality of opponent that pain gaming just doesn't have a lot of experience with. They don't have a lot of international experience. Pain gaming has never played in an international wildcard before this tournament. And the best team in that wildcard was Chaos Latin Gamers, a team that is usually seen as not very good on an international scale. They didn't have a lot of these games they could point to in big moments like this to kind of fall back uh, on when you have these kinds of games that can tip on these little decisions. Now, this can come from coaching, this can come from analyzing other film, or this can come from scrimming. And I think that it's an option where when you don't have a lot of film to go on because you haven't had a lot of experience in these situations and you don't have, you know, a lot of the experience because you've never been there, I think you have to go get that experience. And I don't blame anyone for the fact that they weren't able to get it. You know, I'm sure Pain Gaming did the best they could to prepare their team 
as much as they could for this tournament. And the fact that they got two wins, we've never seen a wild card team do that. That is a huge accomplishment. I do not want to take away from that. I don't want to take away from the job that MIT did to prepare this team or the performances that these individuals had. I just can't help but wonder if you put this team in Korea, if you gave them the opportunity to have these kinds of experiences, do these two games, the CLG game from last week and this game here, do they both go awry in the way that they did? And if the answer is maybe not, well, then that's a shame. It doesn't, it's, not a, it's not something to blame. It's not something to get angry about. It's just a shame because I think this was a team with a ton of promise and I loved seeing what they did. And it would have been nice to see them close these games out and really shock some people. Whereas as it is, they, they did better than I think a lot of people expected. And I, I think they should be very happy about that. Even if the next game we're going to talk about, because we do need to transition to the next game, against yeah, the absolutely. two Tigers did not go particularly well. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I know I know you you spoke of Bill Barnwell, who is a, a writer for Grantland, and we basically love Grantland and love everything they they write. And you brought up the whole God they're talking about momentum because they were they're talking about the momentum that that. Flash Wolves had, and also the lack of momentum that Payne had after that, you know, awful loss to Flash Wolves. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe in momentum, but there is there is mentality, there is adrenaline. Uh, you know, when you win a very close game like Flash Wolves did against Payne, you have that extra rush of adrenaline, and you're like, holy crap! Like, I can't believe we won that game. Like, this was awesome. Like, you really just want to go, like, I don't know, jump jump off a building or do something like you just want to get all this energy out of you and you're you're crazy and sometimes that's good if you can harness that and and focus that and you're very you know and as an emotional player you're able to focus that in a good direction mm-hmm. or it could be very bad and you can just fall on your face the next game because you're overhyped and you're over aggressive and you make really really poor plays the same thing can go the opposite way when you lose a heartbreaker like pain basically had this game one they made a, you know they made two pretty big mistakes and they lost the game but in a sense, you know, in essence, they had the game won. So to go from that having that game in the bag, being a, you know being at two and two, and having a chance to get out of groups, to all of a sudden you're one and three, and your chances of getting out of groups are basically finished. It's kind of rough then to go against Koo, who is an absolute monster of a team, and, and try and play with any any real passion and any real um, consistency. Yeah. It's it was rough. I think letting the Mordekaiser through was an interesting decision. I think the idea here is, well, if we let it through, then Prey pretty much has to play it, and yeah. you know he's been a different kind of AD carry than the ones that you would naturally expect to excel on Mordekaiser. Right. I don't know why you banned Ash in that case because that would have been really interesting if you left both Ash and Mordekaiser up and told Ash, them to choose. Ash is. Ash is great into Mordekaiser because you can kite him very easily. Yeah, that would have I, 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 extremely easily. So, if the plan is to leave up Mordekaiser, you want to ban the Ash here. Wait, what? You said Ash is good against Mordekaiser. I'm assuming that BRTT doesn't play Ash. I'm assuming so, so, that pretty so much anyone that, outside of so you're saying pray first picks Ash, and then you just you just don't take the Mordekaiser then, and that's fine. You still don't no, lose anything. Because Ku understands how strong Mordekaiser is, and they understand that BRTT doesn't play Ash. The only champion that I think BRTT could have really played into it would have been Vayne. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how good of a Vayne player he is. I just, I, 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 I get what you're saying. 
It would have been, I will say that I think Elise's, uh, or I should say, Surtee's inability to play Elise hurt them here. They have yeah. to first pick that Gragas, and then the Elise came with the last rotation for Koo. That really shouldn't But he played Elise in the last game, so that makes no sense. It's really weird. It's, it's weird. I really, I agree that's a good point. I hadn't I, thought about I, I that. Think- I think they picked the Gragas to be like this disengaged composition against the Mordekaiser. So to kind of, instead of playing Ash and just having the auto kite, you're using Gragas to sort of help peel and help, ha- you know, and help, you know, when Mordekaiser's coming to try and get that third Q on your, your Kalissa that's, you know, trying to burn him down, you can ult him away to save her, you know, that type of thing. Like, yeah. I think they were trying to go full on peel for, you know, their, their mid and their AD carry. But then why not pick Alistar instead of Braum? Because uh, Braum Mordekaiser is broken. I mean, that, I guess that's fair. That, that combination is, is absolutely broken. Well, see, that's where I would have put a ban then instead of the Ash. You just force Prey to take the Mordekaiser. And then you say, well, he's, that mean, we don't have to pick the Ash. We ban the Braum so that they can't do that combo. And then we can take the Alistar and not worry about it. That, I think, might have been a teeny bit stronger. Either way, I, yeah. I don't think it, it really mattered at the end of this game. I think Smeb just went out of control. You know, we have been talking about Lysandra as a possible counter to this Darius pick. I don't think Mylon was the problem here necessarily. No. I don't I don't think the pick was the problem. But but Smeb was just so good. Smeb had an, another amazing Darius game here and it was one of those things where as we were watching, you know, the you know, the things we were talking in, in the Skype chat is like, man, they're not going to keep letting Darius and Azir get through for coup, are they? That would be really bad for Flash Wolves if this trend continues. And as we found later, apparently it's not so bad. But it, uh, I guess, is there anything else you want to say about that game before we move on to Flash Wolves CLG? Uh, I still think that Lissandra is a, a pick that teams in the quarterfinals are probably used as counterpicks. Mm-hmm. Um, I I, like I said, I don't think the pick was the problem. I think it was the player. I don't think Mylon was probably very practiced on her. And it was kind of a Hail Mary that they were, tr- you know, they were kind of trying to throw out a Hail Mary here and, and see if maybe they could catch catch coup off guard mm-hmm. um at the end of the day Mordekaiser's really strong i still don't necessarily i i think teams are still te- like gonna look at back at a, you know a couple of the games that he has played this game uh the tsm game and they're gonna look at it and in scrims they're gonna ask their opponent to like their opponents to play it in scrims uh just so they can test some things again against it i think it's strong but i'm not a hundred percent positive it's like you have to ban it I think you can – it's just you have to be used to playing – I think teams are banning him because he's such a different style of play. Mm-hmm. And you have to be – you have to figure out how you want to play into it. And teams are just – they don't want to worry about it. They don't want to worry about having to make a – you know, learn one special composition to play against one champion. Uh, but I think having to ban Gangplank, having to ban Lulu, and having to play ban Mordekaiser on red side – it, it just kills your strategy. So you, one of those, you know, you have to be willing to give up one of those characters or leave them both open and hopeful, you know, hope you get one on the, on the comeback. Yeah. I, uh, I'll say this, that Lysandra pick, I, I believe it will come back. You know, who'd be a really sneaky, good Lysandra? Marin. I, I think that could be the, the counter that Marin brings out if they try to ban the Renekton on, uh, on EDG's side. He was a, one of the best Lysandra's Back when Lysandra was super popular in the early preseason, early season five, he's really good on that champ. I think that could be something that would not surprise me um, as they keep looking for more and more counters 
uh, for SKT to, to keep that strength alive. But, uh, but let's talk about Flash Bulls versus CLG. Oh, this, this was, this was awesome because yes, I was trying to counter, this is the way I look at it. Me betting on this game. I'm, I'm counter, I'm counter jinxing CLG. Cause either I'm going to get a bunch of unicorns mm-hmm. and, and, and do really great in our, in our challenge and win, you know, a hundred bucks to give to my charity to write love on her arms mm-hmm. over your charity, nothing but nets. Mm-hmm. And that that's awesome. Like I want to win that. I've, I haven't won any of our competitions yet. So, you know, I, it's kind of like double lifts trophy case before the uh, summer finals. It's, it's bare. It's empty. So we need to make a Walter's trophy case. Of yes, e- exactly. Okay. Exactly. It will be the only people who ever look at it. We'll get and, to work you know, on that. Whatever. <laughs> uh, so I, either I get to, you know, I get to extend my lead in that. And I get to win that and pairing that off of a very easy coup crushing pain gaming game mm-hmm. or, I lose that, and I don't really care because I wasn't going to bet on the Koo Tiger game versus Pain anyways. I really only cared about this one, and if I lose this one, I don't care because CLG wins, and then CLG guarantees their spot in the quarterfinals, and I get another Western team in the quarterfinals. Well, see, this is the funny so, part. This wasn't even your multi-bet. This one you just did straight up. You, oh, yeah, that's right. This was, this was the straight up one. This was the straight up one. <laughs> you, just, you, you did this straight up, and you did this at the very beginning of the day, and I saw the odds as soon as you did that. I'm like, okay. I'm going to go even further in because after CLG looked so bad in game one, I think this is yeah. a great idea. And then the Flash Wolves played Pain, and I'm like, this might not have been a great idea. <laughs> and then it turned out to be a fantastic idea. So I, I guess, is it as easy as saying that, like, to, to me, this game was so much of Flash Wolves finally playing the way that I have been telling you guys they like to play. I kept bringing up before week one, about how good of, an, uh, of a roaming assassin mid laner Maple could be and how strong of a carry he can be when put on those kinds of champions. And I've been waiting for him to do that. And he finally locks in the LeBlanc. And it just felt like CLG's backline never had a chance after that point. Is that fair? Am I, is that a, do you think that that's, it really comes down to an inability to handle that pick? Or do you think there was more going on here for CLG? Uh, I think this is why North American teams have been banning Malphite. Mm. I think Malphite really screws with their, like, fast push, um, like, Tower Siege. Mm-hmm. Just because, especially with teams giving their solo laners, sometimes, like, sometimes giving mana-intensive solo laners the blue buff, and just going and being like, alright, go farm with blue buff, like, he got a 1v1 against Echo, and he never, like, he didn't run out of mana until, like, seven minutes yeah and by then he just backed and you know tp'd back in like it didn't matter he started ruby crystal and health pots <laughs> like when's the last time you've seen a professional's top laner start ruby crystal it's it was the- like when mordekaiser was being played in season two <laughs> it was kind of incredible i was a, i was a huge fan of the way that he played it and, and once again it's it's another example of how stake may be the most underrated player at this world's because everyone was talking about how he was the worst top laner there. And, oh my god, I can't believe we have to watch Stake again. And here he is. <laughs> and against Zion Spartan in what should be a favorable matchup for that Echo. And it was just, it was, he was useless. He couldn't do anything. He couldn't put any pressure on that team. And my favorite Malphite moment is when CLG hides in that, in that uh, mid lane bush. They're just right by the barren side of the river. And they all focus all of their stuff on the stake, and his health goes down like maybe a fifth. 
Like it just barely moved. And then the rest of Flash Wolves just came on and it was a four for row fight. And it's like, why are you focusing on the goddamn tank? There's no reason yeah. for this. That Malphite was huge at that point. It, it, he was a monster. He literally just, he could stand in front. He could 5v1 for probably 25, 30 seconds and not care. Yeah. And that's exactly just what he all. did. And, and the other thing, we haven't even talked about the fact that Sword Art was legendary on the Morgana. Sword Art was aimbotting. He, he was script like a hundred percent. He was scripting. He hit some. He hit some bindings through minion waves that I I haven't seen Madlife hit hooks like that. Yeah, like I haven't seen him hit Blitzcrank hooks like that. It it's crazy how many he had that were you know right. It looks like the hitbox is gonna clip a minion and it just slides right by. It it was absolutely phenomenal and just the way that he he manipulated. Uh, Double lift uh, using his his uh, rocket jump and manipulated and forcing him to use the rocket jump and then would ult him. Like he he played Morgana really really well and that pick singularly shut down the T- the CLG composition. Like yeah. having the Morgana shut down whatever Tristan whatever double lift and Aphromoo wanted to do in lane. Yeah, that black shield is really good against those kind of super AP heavy compositions and. You know, when you have a LeBlanc that can continually take out this Tristana, you're left with the Echo and the Victor, both of whom had to build this Abyssal Scepter very early on because they knew that all you had to do was build a whole bunch of magic resist and eventually Flash Wolves was just going to outscale. And that's pretty much exactly what happened. It, it, they, their damage did not matter because the Black Shield was so effectively used. The bindings were catching Echo out. And, man, it was just – it was such a – I, w- I won't say it's it's the cleanest game that Flash Wolves had today because that is certainly the next game, but it was it was a strong game and it was a much stronger game than anything we'd seen in a victory from them so far, and they take that momentum into this game against the Koo Tigers, and I'll say this: when you look at the picks and bans, do you think Koo overreacted to what had worked for the Flash Wolves in Game One? Because there no. were the Morgana and Malphite ban. I mean, I, I both of those picks were very strong. It's just that I don't know if they're so strong that what the opportunities you give Flash Wolves can't easily be replicated. The, at least most of that. The the only thing they gave Flash Wolves that was of any consequence in terms of like pick ban phase was the Lulu. And if he is not going to play Lulu, he's just going to play Gnar. Yeah. And he's still going to counter the Darius like. Mm. I, I just think it was Koo was like very predictable. I, I think uh I think it was Monty? No, it wasn't Monty. Someone on the desk said it afterwards that like the cannon was like super predictable and that's they just focused it. Yeah. I don't They know, just focused on the cannon. Why do you pick Cannon after you've already locked in Darius? Like I, I, I understand that Kurok could theoretically play it. No, but, it's it's to go to Gorilla. But but the whole point and the reason it was so effective in the in the first game against CLG was that it was this beautiful flex pick, and it really caught this entire thing off guard, and it forced CLG to you know bite in onto one strategy of how to stop it, and then they were just <laughs> able to move it to the other lane. You take away that flexibility if you already have the Darius in, and it, you know now you can take someone with a hook like a Thresh. And try to pick on some of Kennen's weaknesses in those areas. And none of that stopped the LeBlanc. None of that stopped, you know, Maple, who had an even better game against Koo than he did against CLG. I just, I feel like the Kennen is just not 
anywhere near as effective in this kind of situation the, as the, they thought it was going to be. The thing with Kennen is that compared with Callista, like Kennen by himself as a support is mediocre. I'll 100% give you that, and he has really obvious weaknesses, especially against Sustain or some, someone like Thresh or Nautilus, where you just grab him and you blow him up. Mm-hmm. But with Callista, because of the, the paired auto-attack, and because of the Callista's ability to either throw him in or pull him out after he, he ults, mm-hmm. it's just utility-wise with the Callista, he becomes an S-tier style support. Like, he is better than Bra- – he's as good as Braum in that situation. And Braum's probably the best support – you can have with a Callista. Like that, the Alistar, Braum, Kennen are the three best supports you can have with Callista, and then Annie. And it's just because Annie, most of the time, you're using it to save the Annie, uh, not engage. Like, engaging with Callista Ultimate, those are the three best champions to have. And they just got outplayed. At yeah. the end of the day, they just got really, really outplayed, and they underestimated what what Lulu was going to be able to do and how well, like, Stake was playing Lulu. And this this was the bad Kuro Azir game. This was the twenty percent win rate Kuro Azir game. Yeah, like this was the one that was like, okay, yeah, you shouldn't be playing Azir, but he got counterpicked. At the end of the day, they just got a counterpick from Maple, and his his LeBlanc is really really good. Yeah, but it was a counterpick really they good. should have seen coming from the previous game. That's the thing. You you had to know that Maple had this incredible LeBlanc game. You haven't done anything to really give him a reason not to play the champion again. And it's a beautiful counterpick into what you're doing. And he was able to so consistently get into that back line what, what, and knock is, out either the Kennen or the Callista. Yeah, what, what is Kuro going to pick instead of Azir, though? Victor? Vic, it's the I same mean, yeah, thing. I feel a lot better about Ku on Victor. Just LeBlanc is a great counterpick into Victor. It is, but I think that Kuro's a much better victor player i think he minimizes the damage a bit more but more importantly i think the biggest problem with this wasn't any of these individual picks it was the fact that ku tigers had this huge early game lead in the vision control that they had and they did nothing like there was nothing karza could do for the first over 15 minutes i mean up until the 17 minute mark karza had done effectively nothing of any real value to help his team because he was so locked down on vision and they were so able to pin down these roams that it just didn't it, it was never gonna matter. So the answer then is oh well they have all this vision control. Hojin, on the other hand, there are no words spotting him out. He can go wherever he wants. Now it's time for Rexai to make a whole bunch of, of plays. And after that first gank where he tunneled in when he really should have just come in for the fight and failed to even get a flash out of that gank because he misplayed it, mm-hmm. they just didn't try anything. So now you have this situation where Karza because he can't gank, he's farming up, and he's actually farming more efficiently than the Rek'Sai, who is also not getting any pressure on his ganks. And you just can't throw away that kind of time, because by the time that they finally were willing to start making some of these engages, LeBlanc had already scaled up. He'd already won the laning phase versus Kuro, and now he's able to get those roams, and now he's able to take advantage of some of these weaknesses that you pointed out. But it never should have gotten to that point. You should have yeah. been ganking the LeBlanc early. You should have been putting the bot lane down and putting all this tower pressure on. I mean, the fact that, you know, we're looking at the 15-minute the mark, and Koot had three towers, like, they should have had multiple kills, probably even more towers than they got. It, you know, Flash Wolves are only down, you know, 300 gold at the 15-minute mark. That's insane given how much of an advantage that Koot should have had. Yeah. It, it is. I Ku just played themselves out of the game. They had the lead, and they just played themselves out of the game, and, and 
Flash Wolves definitely had a better late game composition, like a really good scaling. Let us farm up. Let us get some items. And because a Jinx at first item, a Jinx is stronger than Kalissa mm-hmm. after you get the IE, just because of the crit. Um, even at like your second item, he went uh, uh, he went Blade of the Rune King into Runons, mm-hmm. and Jinx went uh, IE into Static Shiv, then into BT. Like that, that right there, you're just you're going to be stronger. That's just a stronger build path than the Callista. The Callista, you have to really be in their face. Where Jinx, you get a you know you get that static shiv, you get that first crit proc off the hundred you know hundred on the static shiv, and you get that one crit proc. You're just you know chunking people out of the fight, especially when they have such a squishy team composition in the Azir and the Callista and the Kennen. They hit one you know one auto attack on one of those champions, and they're basically out of the fight. Yeah. It was it was it was rough, and I and this is all of this by the way is not to take away anything from the Flash Wolves. They went three and zero today. Uh, it started off slow, sure, but they won these games. They took advantage of the opportunities that other teams gave them, and I thought their yeah. pick and ban, especially in those last two games, were really good. I think it was a great example to me of how important it is as a team to understand your strengths and weaknesses. Sure, maybe Flash Wolves are never going to play this perfect macro game like a team like who is capable of when they you know when they snowball their lanes properly and take advantage of those early game advantages but you know what they can do they can play a really good roaming mid laner and they're really good at at supports with these skill shots that sword art can use to take an advantage and they're really good when you give nl one of these you know someone like a, a jinx who can take advantage of that passive and really turn a small advantage into a big one I mean, I think it says something that the two people with pentakills are balls in NL so far this tournament. And it's not that these two are the two best players at this tournament by any means. It's that these are two teams that have played to their strengths. And maybe those strengths aren't, you know, to the same degree as some of the other teams that we've seen. But, I mean, when they play their game, both of these teams have looked really good. And this was a Flash Wolves that went 3-0 today because they understood who they are as a team and how they needed to play it. And now they're going to be the one seed. I, I will say, Ku had that one seed on a silver platter. Mm-hmm. And they held it in front of in front of Flash Wolves and said, look at what we get. Look, look at how tasty this looks. And Flash Wolves said... Don't mind me. We're just gonna we're just gonna go ahead and take that. Like don't 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 worry about us. Like let let's just take that off your hands. And now Ku has a really strong chance of playing against uh, SKT. Yeah, they have like a real uh, like SKT or Orion, and both of those teams will exploit them. Just straight up exploit their mistakes. So yeah, it's uh it's one of those things where I'm. Very interested to see how some of these draws can really make a huge difference. I mean, imagine if you're the Koo Tigers and you luck out and you draw Cloud9. Like, that would be... That's the dream, right? Is that somehow, as the two seed, you get a slightly easier draw because of how good Cloud9 looked in that first week. I mean, I'm not saying that Cloud9 is necessarily the weakest team that could potentially still get out of groups, but certainly they're a team that... I oh, think there's I, way weaker teams that can get out. Yeah, no. I, Invictus is still in play, guys. Hashtag the dream. LGD is still in play. Oh, man. that if LGD, TSM is still in play. Let's be honest. I'm not yeah. even going to try and talk you into that, but TSM is technically still in play. I told you you were going to talk yourself into it. Wait until we nope. see the odds on, oh. on Group D. 
No, you're gonna, it's not gonna happen. There will be at least one odd that you find insulting. I am and feel purposely. I am purposely keeping my TSM shirt in the hamper. I'm not doing laundry until after they play. Hey, man, I will say the one time that you wore that shirt over the last couple of days, or at least I, the time that you found it on uh, on day four, it worked out for you. I nope, <laughs> nope. Nope, not, I'm not doing it. You're not cursing this. Moving You're not, on. not cursing this. The last game of the day was Pain Gaming versus Counter Logic Gaming. Or what and, will forever be known as the BRTT uh, proposal game. Yeah, shout out to him, man. I, I Congratulations. Mean, I, don't, I don't even want to, uh, to go too much into this game because it's, it's hard to analyze a game like this. You know, what, was CLG taking this 100% seriously? No. I, I'd like to think so. No, no. This is the equivalent of TSM playing Teemo in season three. I mean, there were twenty thousand dollars on the line, though. Like when they're tw- when, when the difference between winning and losing the game is is ten thousand dollars. You think you try? You would think ten thousand dollars would be enough to no. try. No, this this was CL- this was CLG not caring. This, this was CLG didn't ca- didn't care if they won, and Payne wanted to win. The team that wanted the the team that wanted it more won the game. And I'm glad Payne won this game. Yeah. I'm, I'm really glad they won it because they tried. Even though everyone seemed to like get to play a fun game and everybody got to play the champions that they kind of wanted to, you could tell that the Payne guys wanted this game more than CLG did. Well, I'll say this. I think the Payne comp was absolutely legitimate. I mean, this is, this is Kami on that uh, – or sorry, Mylon on the Gangplank. Mylon has had a great tournament. Gangplank, very powerful champion right now. Uh, he was very happy on that. Uh, once again, apparently you can play at least this game, but not the game against Ku because I don't know. But BRTT's Draven is very famous in Brazil. He's one of the best Draven players. He has Draven axes on his arms! It, he's really good at it! The second it. he picked Draven, I, w- I wish I could have gone and bet on that game. I would have bet every single unicorn I had on that game Yeah. the second he picked Draven. And, and you know what? Like, I'll say this. The, the one thing that, uh, about CLG here... If, C- if we're going to go on the theory that CLG really didn't care about this game, which is, you know, first picking, first rotation Bard maybe wasn't taking it too seriously. I do believe that, you know, you look at the vein, you look at the ribbon, it feels like a composition that was chosen because these were the champions these guys wanted to play. And hey, guys, we have one more game. Let's go out having some fun and play something that we're going to enjoy and, and see what happens. TSM Teemo game. But if I'm a CLG fan, I'm not happy with that. Have that, you seen their Reddit? <laughs> uh, yeah. And you know what? I, I got to be honest. Like, I'm not even a CLG fan. And I was, you know, again, uh, credit to Pain Gaming. I, I thought their composition was great. And even if, C- if CLG had played a really, you know, meta composition, I think the way that CLG was playing today, Pain Gaming still pro- possibly could have come away with a victory. But if you're a CLG fan, there, there's something called, you know, Leaving with your head held high, having some respect and, and, and dignity and, you know, the competitive integrity is one of those words that gets thrown out all the time and so much that it's become a meme. But, the, I mean, this is the note you want to leave on, huh? It's, it's the first picking bard, you know, going for this super try hard. We're going to just smash you guys in lane and we're not really going to come together as a team and... We're going to lose this game to a team that, you know, where, where our fans are really hoping we can pull off one more shot and we're just going to give that a giant middle finger and just call it a day. I, I get why you do it from a personal perspective. I can't imagine what it's like being a team that went into this day two and one and then realizes because the Flash Wolves of all teams somehow took down Koo 
that you don't even have a shot. I, I, I'm not going to say that I understand that mind space. But you've got a lot of fans that were really counting on you guys that put a lot of faith in a team that has previously had this kind of meltdown before. And I don't know. I'd be upset watching that game if I really cared about this team. I, I would be very upset knowing that they didn't even really try to, to give us one last hurrah on the way out. I, pay, I would not be happy by that. Pay, pay very close attention to what happens in the CLG offseason because if this team, if they run back this roster essentially, um, it tells you a lot about CLG next year. Yeah, it'll tell you a lot. And I'm not just talking about the roster. I'm talking about Zix. I'm talking about Blurred Limes. I'm talking about everyone. If this team looks at all the same way that it does today, it says something about next split. So I would I would definitely this is a team to definitely pay attention to over the offseason. And it's such a shame, too, because I really liked the job that Zix had been doing up until this point. I thought he'd he'd been a up coach until that, today. Yeah. Yeah. But this this was. A very disappointing performance from across the board. And you know what? Payne Gaming got an extra $10,000 out of it, as well as being the first team that ever got two wins in a wild card. They can now look at this and say, you know what, guys? If we really work hard and maybe we get some better scrim partners for, for next year and we, and we take this knowledge and bring it back to Brazil and get those bottom teams to be better competition and, and, and build up that way, we can make it out of a group. This, this team was one game away from making it out of the group. That's in play, and that's something we've never been able to say about a wild card region before. And it's one of those things where when Riot goes to the drawing board on the world's format for next year, certainly it's something you have to take into account because Brazil is growing at a rate that I don't think anyone was really expecting, unless, of course, you actually follow the Brazilian scene and see the millions of people that follow them on Twitch and the giant Mordekaiser-style rock shows before their, you know, their tournaments, and then you would probably see it. But for, I, I think it's really great to see Pain Gaming, you know, kind of put themselves out there on that international scale and, and show that Brazil really does have a lot of talent there if they can just find a way to, to refine some of these things. Yeah, I, I I look forward to seeing how how the Brazilian scene uh, grows next year. Uh, I think at, between the last two years, they've made a very very strong case for Riot to consider giving them at least one spot at Worlds. Yeah, I I, I hate to do the CLMS guys. I, I really hate, but the easiest thing for them to do is just to take one of LMS's seeds. Oh, that's never happened. You're, or or what what you do is you make it a twenty team tournament. You well, give LMS a third seed. You give Brazil a seed, and then you have five. You have four wild card spots. I mean, I, you can do that. That just makes like that just makes the tournament that much longer. I, I'm I'm just trying to figure out the easy way to do it with six, like keeping it sixteen teams. Because I don't know, you can't take a seed away from China. You can't take one away from Korea. And how do you fairly take a seat away from North America or Europe well, and not, you know, one or the other? Well, what you probably, I mean, if you really wanted to keep it to 16, what you do is you have one wild card spot go to Brazil and one wild card spot amongst the six other wild card teams. And you just say that, why, that they are so much ahead of the rest of the wild card teams that they're playing that they would win that tournament anyway. So let's yeah. put the teams that they would beat in another tournament. That's the only way I could think about, you know, doing that. And even then, I'm not sure if you're. Chaos Latin or any of these Latin American teams or any of these, you know, these Russian teams from the, the CIS region, I'm not sure you're happy with that. Uh, you probably aren't, but at the same time, I mean, the Brazilian fan base is huge. 
it is. We're, we're seeing that. It's huge. I, I don't know if you've ever just, like, gone on to Twitch during when they're having their, like, their CB lull, like, their LCS, but their channel always has, like, 28,000 people watching in Portuguese. Yeah. You know, we we had, tweet, you know, tweets from people in a Reddit post asking, hey, as good as Brazil is playing, why don't we get an English stream for Brazil? We don't have an English stream for LMS, or a good LMS English stream. I will say this. One, uh, I, I've heard the rumblings about the LMS English stream finally getting itself together soon. And yeah. two, the last time that someone attempted to do an English stream, and I know two individuals um, mm-hmm. who had separate English uh, Brazilian CBLOL streams, uh, both of those were, were taken down. I think Riot's working on something officially and I would not be surprised that we hear news about English streams for both them and the LMS sometime over this offseason. I think th- this year's priority was getting China to have an English stream and getting that second Riot Games Twitch stream working yeah. and, and figuring that out. And now that they know how to do it and now that they know they can do it, now's when we see them starting to uh, to move on. That'll be very fun to watch, but that's not what the rest of this podcast is about. <laughs> if, if you've noticed, um, we spent a lot of time on the Group A games, A, because they were interesting, but B, because the Group C games really aren't. <laughs> a, B, and C. It's, it's really not great. Oh. I, I didn't even mean to do that, but I'm not apologizing for it. That's very clever. Never I, apologize uh, for your puns. For the record, uh, Unicorn Challenge final stats, for those of you who didn't keep track as we kind of mentioned it game by game, I, uh, I won my double bet coup over CLG, Flash Wolves over Pain Gaming. I put 30 on that, 161.5. Uh, Flash Wolves over CLG, I got uh, put up 40, got 92 from that. Uh, Pain over CLG, uh, I won that one, put down 10, got 42.5. Uh, I had both, I had Koo over both Pain and the Flash Wolves. I thought after game one, Koo was just going to stop the rest of the group. They were there to make a statement. That didn't work out very well for me. And those 50 Unicorns are the reason that Walter actually somehow did even better than me over the course of this whole day. Walter, do you have your bets in front of you or do I need to read them out? Uh, if you have them in front of you, it's I got probably easier for you to read them. Okay. You, uh, you had CLG over Coup. That didn't work out very well. No. You had Pain over Flash Wolves. That also didn't work out very well. No. But you did have Flash Wolves over CLG, and this is where the day starts turning around. And your multi-bet, which the whole point of was I'm going to reverse jinx this and, and lose this bet. <laughs> So that CLG can make it. I'm sacrificing my own unicorns. That ended up paying off. The the Flash Wolves got you 57.5. It was, it was, this guy yeah. got you 96.6 on a 30 bet. Oh, that was gorgeous. That was amazing. And so and, one, was, of, and one of the games was a gimme. Like, yeah. There's no way I could have lost the Koo Tiger Pain one, and I just paired it up with a, like a Hail Mary. Yeah. It was great. And it, and, it, and it worked. And it was one of those things where I immediately, if you followed me on Twitter, you saw this. Uh, at first, I was like, man, I, I can't even be mad. I'm so happy that the LMS is going to be a one seed and people finally have to recognize how good this region is. And then about five minutes later, I'm like, wait a second. I did the math. I changed my mind. I'm not happy. But this, <laughs> this, this, I, I, I do care. I actually am. Dang it. They screwed over. <laughs> oh, my God. So now you're at, you're at 962.8 unicorns overall right now. You're almost back to even. I am at a 726.26. That's really weird because my account says I have 
eleven hundred. Yeah, well, you're probably doing all the all the quests and the whatever. I, I am actually. I'm doing. I'm doing the quests. Yeah. So, so none of that is counting for this. <laughs> Glad you're doing it. Like that's super cool and all. For the you. trivia is actually like fun. It's it's. So any of you who want free unicorns, just do the trivia question every day. It's like ten unicorns every single day. Yeah. And it's like, if you really, if you just want to cheat and go look online, go ahead. Like I'm totally for taking the free unicorns go do that whatever but it's kind of interesting that like to actually like think about that and like today's question for me was uh who is the boss of ratchet and it's johanna gaslow and siege tank and i had to think about it for a second and the only way i know that is from playing heroes of the storm and i'm like oh it's gaslow because that's the one i actually recognize that is actually world of warcraft i don't play world of warcraft so it's just kind of interesting, like, learning – I don't know. I'm kind of a nerd that way where I like learning interesting little tidbits. No, I, I think it's really cool, and I, I will say I appreciate that the way they give out these unicorns, it is those kinds of things. It's these fun little quizzes. It's, you know, the easy posting to social media, which honestly, yep. like, if you're not going to show off how awesome your bet was to your friends, like, what's the point of – of even playing some of these so, raffles. So when I, when, I do a, that's important. when I do a three-team multi-bet on TSM on uh, on Saturday, that's, mm-hmm. you know, I'll post it and you guys yeah. will see it. It'll I, be awesome. I can't wait for that three-team multi-bet. Are you going to just reverse every game that TSM no, needs that, to? I, no, because now that I've said it out loud, the universe knows that that's what my plan is. Mm. So I can't. I can't reverse jinx TSM into three wins. Like, the, I can't do it. You accidentally jinxed your reverse jinx. I jinxed the reverse jinx, so now I have to now I have to bet against the jinxed reverse jinx. It's uh well now you might have jinxed that man. You you really got to stop spilling your exactly. bet to the cosmic exactly. entities. Anything is possible now. We're, but we're... one thing I can't spoil is who I'm betting on tomorrow. Oh boy, should we should we get into this? You've got Let's a get into this. you've got a you've got a two hundred thirty five point five four unicorn coin lead right now. Uh, you have a four to three lead in our guess the lions challenge. I'm actually behind. I'm not used to this. This is, this is the first time since I think week four of summer LCS. Yeah, yeah. You you had that early lead, um, you know. And at the beginning of this challenge, for the record, I had a slight advantage in that I had actually been following some of this stuff for fun, so I had a general idea of what numbers to throw out there. But you've been getting better and better at this as this has gone on. It's very worrying to me. I don't know what you're going to do to my Twitter profile picture, but at the very least, oh, I, I already know. Oh, you! Oh, you know. I have it. Oh, that's more worrying. I, 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 I don't have the picture, but I know what the picture is going to be of. Well, let's get started on these lines. The first game of the day: SKT versus EDG. I'd like to think that this is the hey Eastern fans. I know that. I mean Western fans. I know that's going to be very very early in the morning. But this is the only game that matters all day. So you can just wake up, watch this game, and then go right back to sleep. And the vods will be there when you wake up, and it'll be fine. See, that was the mistake. Yeah. Well, put it put it at ten o'clock, please, so I can sleep all morning. <laughs> well, the problem is with you and I. We do a podcast on this, so we're going to be watching all the games. And I will I will speed watch them on YouTube at two times speed in an hour. I mean, like I, I don't blame you for that. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch live. Adele will talk to me. It'll be great. But yeah, yeah I'll, this, I'll probably watch these. This is the uh, this is the game that I think everyone is really was waiting for last week and then we saw it and skt was just so dominant in the way that they were able to play the early game and get marin to kind of steamroll from there well how do you think edg tries to switch things up this time around hello oh can you not hear me 
Yeah, no, I, I just had it cut out. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, let me make a note. So that was at 107.40. So the question that I asked was, and it seems like it recorded on my end. So I think I don't even have to re-ask Yeah, it, it literally, it like drops, it dropped for like a second and I, I just got like chunks. Like, I don't know what okay. question you asked. It so, just got yeah, chunks. The question I asked was basically, uh, what do you think EDG is going to do to switch things up? Oh, okay. I got you. From last time. So when I clap in, you can just start answering that question. Three, two, one. Oh crap. I forgot the question. What does EDG need to do differently? What does EDG need to do? Okay, I got it. I'm, I'm sorry. Up. Three, two, one. Uh, so, so EDG, I, I don't know, because I think T, I think SKT kind of kind of messed with them last time. I think they kind of played. They played. I mean, it was weird. It was Renekton. Like no one expected a Renekton into a Darius. So, I don't know. They they need to play their style. They need to not. They need to not let SKT dictate the pace of the game and dictate uh, how how the game is supposed to be played. They need to make SKT play the LPL and the EDG style of game, whereas SKT in the first game made them play the Korean and the SKT style of the game. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. I What I want to see more than anything... I want to see what Clear Love can do against Bengi here. We didn't really get to see a lot of it because they put Clear Love on getting that dragon in four minutes, and that set the rest of the lanes behind. So we kind of had to do some babysitting. He never really got the chance to really go full Clear Love on this. Yeah, I, I want to see if he can counter jungle Bengi. If he can throw Bengi off his game, throw the timings off, throw this reliability that has been so important to SKT's playstyle so far. I mean, we know who the threats are going to be. It's going to be Marin and it's going to be Faker. And those are the guys that you really have to be afraid of. But when EDGs looked as good as they have, and they looked really good in their other two games, albeit against lesser opponents, it's because they were the ones that were dictating the pace. They were the ones that were picking when the fight started, that were picking the, you know, the timing on when to go in, when to not, how they were going to play these fights. And you really felt like other teams were just trying to play catch-up to what they were trying to do. Right. And that's what you need to do. You need to put SKT on this back foot. And the easiest way to do that, clear low. He's the best jungler in the world. Use him. Uh, I don't know if it's going to work, but I think that's what you have to try. Yeah, no, clear low, very obvious in the first game, was kind of... I, I know he's played Jarvan in the past, and Jarvan is actually like a really good standard like Chinese jungler. But it just seemed like the pick was kind of lost. Mm-hmm. Like... It just didn't seem to fit. I understand what they were trying to do. They were trying to create this. I, I've talked to quite a bit this world about creating zones of control with, you know, Echo Ws and using uh, using Annie Ultimate or using. Uh, I talked about it with LGD with the Nunu using their Ultimate. Um, you know, using any one of these abilities to create these zones of control, using Rek'Sai, just her body and her knockup as a zone of control, or Alistar. And it seemed like they were trying to do the same thing. Having the Darius, having the Jarvan Ultimate, having this Echo W, and having the Annie, you know, flash stun with, you know, with Kalista. But at the end of the day, they had no damage behind it. Mm-hmm. They had a Kalista. That was it. They had a... a, a Echo that had to go, that went Zonia's and Morello's as their first two item. Whereas on the side of SKT, you had Sivir you know, chasing the enemy team down with a Ryze and a Renekton that just because they had such a great early game, you know, whereas a Ryze takes 
25, 30, you know, 25 minutes to really scale well, it was at like minute 13 where this rise was really starting to hit hard. Yeah. Uh, and and Echo just we've seen that Echo's not very good. You you said earlier one one out of seven games this you know so far at Worlds where Echo is actually one. It's just the pick is the pick is unusual. The pick doesn't really fit. I think in what teams are really trying to do. I don't think it fits in this kind of control. I don't think he's a control mage. I think he's an assassin. But there are better assassins that you can play. There's Ari. There's uh, there's LeBlanc. Just because they're ranged and you don't get abused by you know you don't get abused by these control mages as hard in the laning phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, Faker was able to play Rise in the first game because Echo can't punish the Rise. The second he tries to run into auto attack him, he's just gonna rune prison him and hit him with two abilities. It's just mm-hmm. I, I don't think it was a good pick. So. They probably need a better pick ban phase in terms of not going with an echo mid lane, maybe trying to get a, a better jungler. I really don't know why they didn't play Elise, uh, Evelyn. They pretty much could have accomplished the same thing they did with the Jarvan with an Evelyn. Mm-hmm. Um, so it starts in pick ban, but it really comes down to during the course of the game, they can't let SKT state the tempo. They need to state the tempo. They need to put their pedal to the meadow and, and make SKT play like they want them to. I mean, SKT did the Edward Gaming what, you know, everyone in Group D did the LGD or what most teams in Group B did to Invictus. When these Chinese teams have really struggled to have consistent early game pressure. I mean, EDG did it against HDK and Pangok Titans, but these are teams that we don't really hold in that high of a regard. I don't know how much that actually means. SKT understood that they were going to be able to push EDG around in these early lanes with the way that EDG was likely to make their calls, and they picked lane bullies, and the lane bullies bullied to their lane. And that's something that really you should see coming in terms of the strategy that was being attacked, but I want to see how EDG tries to counter that. I want to see how EDG tries to take these lanes that, you know, SKT is going to try to kind of force their will on this EDG team, and it's going to be up to EDG to come up with a way to stop it. And that's going to be the most interesting part is what Aaron tries to do with his team to really catch SKT off guard. Where do you think the line is on this game? Uh, SKT minus 225. Okay, I get this one. Ugh. I said minus 220. It is minus 189. That is absolutely ridiculous. I Well, here's the thing. Someone pointed out to me on Twitter yesterday. I, I think it was... Uh, Loli San, if I remember correctly, but that a lot of the picks where we were talking about what teams were weirdly doing either better or worse than we thought they would based on what the previous game had said, mm-hmm. a lot of it was blue side advantage. In this yeah. game, they just threw out the same SKT line from last time. It was minus 189 last time. It's minus 189 now. I I don't know that one game versus these teams, two teams that would very easily likely go to five games in a best of five, really should change the odds all that much. Mm-hmm. So I'm not as necessarily opposed to it. But I do find it interesting that even when SKT gets blue side, it didn't affect the line at all. That is, uh, that is surprising to me. But, uh, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, BKT, the Bangkok Titans, are going up against H2K in game two. I think we're going to kind of breeze through these Bangkok teams as a general rule. But is there anything you want to say about the Bangkok Titans in this particular game? Because obviously this is the game that you would expect them to have the greatest chance of potentially pulling off an upset. I know they receive a participation trophy from 
Riot Games. They get mm-hmm. to go back home from their vacation in Europe. They get to be superstars because they get to go to Worlds. Yeah. And they're going to have some pretty awesome jackets with their names on them. That's true. Those are great jackets, for the record. I mean, I, I, I hate to be, like, so cynical and, like, so straightforward, but it's not like pain where they showed me something, you know, during games that they lost where I'm like, man, they could, like, no, they just have shown they're an underdeveloped region. They're out of their league completely. I I think everyone, re- like, and I hate saying this, and I hate being part of this, oh, the wild card teams don't deserve to be here. They deserve to be here because there is a spot for them. But if you said that that spot was a wild card spot from everywhere in the world, I bet there are probably, you know, all all the LCK teams are probably going to, you know, beat Bangkok Titans to get that spot. All the LPL teams are probably going to do it. There are going to be some LCK and some LP, uh, some some LCK Challenger and some LSPL teams that are going to do it. There's going to be a bunch of LCS, a bunch of uh, Challenger series. There's going to be a bunch of uh lms teams well okay not a bunch but like hke uh hong kong esports probably and maybe taipei assassins um and probably intz you know they're here they they get the spot because there was a spot there for them congratulations take what you learned from worlds and go dominate your region and come back here next year if you if like a team proves year after year that they deserve to come back here or a region deserves it. So even if Bangkok Titans doesn't get it, but the, one of the Garena teams make it again next year. Maybe it's a team from Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Maybe a Vietnamese team makes it next year. Then that's helping your region. Mm-hmm. But the first time a team comes to Worlds, it, it's you know you're probably outclassed. As long as you learn from the experience, you have a good time, you go home with some stories, and you can help make your region better, that's a victory in my book. Bangkok Titans were probably never, ever going to win Worlds. But if they can go back and, ma- and help their region grow and help bring exposure to their region, it's a win in my book. Well, well this is the other side of that LMS separation that we don't often talk about. Uh, this is the GPL. But they've been in the GPL, by the way, since you know back before the split. Here are the stats of how they performed before they split off from, uh, from before Taiwan, Hong Kong, and Macau split off from the rest of the region. Uh, in 2012, uh, they went four and 36 in the regular season. They were last place. Uh, at the first in the spring season of 2013, they were four and 24, last place. Uh, summer of that season, they miraculously got all the way to nine and 19 in a sixth place finish. Uh, once again, a last place finish in the winter of 2014, one and nine. They improved slightly more uh, with a three and seven finish in the spring. Uh, and at their best, at their very best, they managed to get an eighth place spot in GPL summer uh, where they were 03'd by AHQ. Everything changed as soon as they were able to be in a region that was nowhere near as competitive. But a lot of the players that we're seeing now, you know, not not all of them go all the way back to season two, but a lot of these guys were the same guys that we saw in season four not do very well. And sure, they have grown. Yes, they are a, a clearly a better team now than they were back then, but they were nowhere close to being in the middle of the pack at oftentimes in a region that, as you said, you know, Two teams feels about right as far as how many the LMS are sending. And this is after they purged all those lower tier teams. So, yeah, yeah Bangkok Times were always going to have it rough. Uh, I would love to see 
them pull some crazy early game shenanigans just because I think H2K is a really weak team and I'd love to see them punished for some of the mistakes that they've made. But, I mean, causing pretty much solo carried that game on Alistar last time uh, in the Hyarn in the and have worked out pretty well. So I, I, I think anything's in play, but I, I think this is a pretty clear H2K victory. The question is how much and where do you think the odds are? Uh, H2K minus... 350. Okay, I get this one as well. I said minus 500 is minus 833. Okay, wasn't last time this line stupidly low? Minus 526 last time. Okay. So okay. that's where I basically I based my line. It's actually increased significantly you. since then. Okay. So it did it I thought it was lower than that. I th- I thought it was ridiculously low like minus like 250 or something. That's that, why I only got the, the, it. So. Uh, the H2K EDG line is the one you're thinking of. And we'll get to oh, that right, in a minute. Right, 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 right. That, okay. that was stupid low. That and... was stupid low. There's going to be no no money to be made off of these groups tomorrow. Oh, there's you're basically what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to bet all of the other five games after the SKT EDG game, just go chalk. Multi bet. Yeah, just a five game multi bet, and just assume that it all goes chalk. I, I think I'm going to do two, three game multi bets. Actually, I'll do one that's SKT and the other that's the two EDG games, and then the H2K against Bangkok. Yeah, well, that's well, probably what I'll do. We'll have to play around with this. I don't. I don't know. I maybe I'll, I'll try to take the EDG in the upset and go for the full five teamer. I I'll, I have to think about this. But uh, the next game is Bangkok Titans versus EDG. Uh, one of these teams is significantly better than the other. Where do you think the line is here, Walter? How high can it go? Minus 7,500. Okay, not that high. I said minus 4,000. It is minus 3,333. Okay. Not quite Fair that enough. bad. I uh, don't care that I lose. I th- Like this day, <laughs> I, I can lose this day. I don't really give a crap. Not Not the fact that I have a lead, but like... Trying to figure out the ceiling on these bets is, as a as a professional gambling a, uh, analyst, mm-hmm. trying to figure out these crazy crazy mismatches and how high the line goes. You have better luck trying to find a nineteen eighteen penny in a wishing well I without mean- looking. I will say just reaching this, in and just pulling it out a penny from 1918 and going, oh, look at that. It is the same line from the last time these two teams played. So maybe it was a little bit That's easier than lazy. you're letting on. I'm not That's just lazy. <laughs> I don't think anything's changed. <laughs> like, it's, I, I mean, I thought it was going to get worse just because of how bad BKT looks throughout this whole thing. But <laughs> the fact that it just stayed the same, I think, is kind of fascinating. Uh, let's, let's move on. H2K versus SKT. We didn't really talk about H2K earlier. Um, is there anything we really want to say on H2K? I feel like we kind of said everything in our wrap up of day three's action, but is there anything that, you know, is a kind of a post-mortem or I guess a pre-mortem because the official mortem is tomorrow. So, so probably I feel really cheated that you guys didn't pick Zed in the first game. Mm. If you guys aren't going for the win aren't going to try and somehow 3-0 this day and like cheap shot and or, or like get into a tiebreaker by cheap shotting sk or edg in the second like, like they can lose to skt beat edg in the game afterwards and force a tiebreaker mm-hmm. you, assuming edg and skt goes uh SKT SKT yeah, yeah i mean in theory that's true 
that that is factually correct, which is sometimes the best kind of correct. I'm not sure I would gamble much on it, however. Yeah, no, 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 I'm not. But if you aren't really trying to go for the kill where you're, like, really trying to get it, you know, get out of groups here, please play the Zed. Yeah. Like, please, please play the Zed. I mean, you're the one who brought it up, Prawley. Like, we can't even, like, you can't even pretend, like, oh, why are people upset about it? You told us, I promise, if this happens, we'll first pick the Zed. And and here we are. I mean, I I, I, I don't know. I I guess it was the opening game of the tournament, so it's like, well, we want to come off like we're serious. I don't think uh, I don't think that needs to be the concern anymore. Just just do it. Just do it because do it and then take the SKT Z skin. That's that's what I really want to see. Just just a full on homage from Ryu and see if he can uh, if he can emulate the man who ended his career very briefly. And then <laughs> okay, he didn't end his career. Jeez, he, he might as well have. Let's be real. Poor Ryu was relegated to the jungle, which is just that that whole Bullets 2014 season is is. I mean, we could write a book. It was it was a mess, but uh, but it just they never recovered. But oh man, where do you think the line is on this game? SKT minus 400. Okay, I get this one, and that's going to give me the week. That's the week. All right. I uh, I said SKT minus 900. It is SKT minus 1,000. Yeah, I give up. That line actually did change from last I week. I give up. Last week, it was, uh, it was minus 909, which is why I guessed minus 900, and this it's minus 1,000. Do I need to just send you the copy of the lines from last week? Would that help? No, because I like doing this blind. Okay. It's actually more entertaining for me to do it blind. And I think it's more entertaining for the people at home to listen to me just go, that's ridiculous. And then you go, <laughs> it's the same line as last week. <laughs> Look, well, that's ridiculous. It's still ridiculous. I look. We got to give the people what they want. By the way, H two K. If you're uh, if you're feeling the the Ryu upset feels, it's uh, plus five fifty. It's it's a thing. You can put ten on it and get sixty five back. Should I just do the H two K like three t like three <laughs> multi bet? Just pray that they go 3-0. All of H2K is multi-bets? All H2K is multi Like, putting 10 on that probably makes me 200. I, I need to you, check you know that what? out. Here's yeah. the beautiful thing about uh, about Unicorn. I can do that in three clicks right now as we're talking about it. Because it's just so easy to use, it kind of blows me away sometimes. Uh, if you put 10 on that, you would get 334.88. That is almost worth it. On a day that you're basically not going to get anything, that's almost worth it. It is. I, I'm going con- to consider that. I'm going to strongly consider that. I mean, c- good for you, man. I-, I would be very happy for you. It's 10 you- unicorns and I'm up 216. I mean, that's true. You, you have nothing to lose. <laughs> that, is, that is no risk for me. And if I do that, that's just, that's just, get, like, that's just ripping out your throat at that point. <laughs> I would give up. I would give up immediately. I would I would contact nothing but Ness and be like, I'm sorry I failed you. I, I can just imagine us sitting there watching H2K beat SK Telecom and you going, oh my god, I can't believe you're going to win this. And then EDG just slaughtering them. I mean, that, that's the thing. The three-team parlay, the rule is that it's always the third game that screws you over or you never had a chance. It's the first one or the third one. That's, that's how it goes. That, you should be doing that. You should be putting like... A, <laughs> like a hundred on that. I can't, I can't afford you can't it, at this point. I, I would lose. I'm already like, I went for the big bets today on the Koo Tigers and look what happened. It's a terrible. That is, that is actually, I, 
Okay, let's let's move let's move on to EDG for H2K so I can see what this odd is. And yes, then, and a much more crazy. interesting thing, uh, thing to talk about because this game is going to be so close and interesting. This was the line I will say the one thing that I do find interesting about this. This was the line that we thought was absurdly low on day two. This was a minus four hundred line last time okay. around, okay, which is insane. Where do you think the line is this time around? Minus six hundred. Okay, that was my guess as well. So we're going to split that one. Uh, it is minus 556. Eh, it's still a little low. Uh, well, again, SKT was minus 1,000. EDG is minus 556. So you're implying at some level that EDG is twice as good as EDG. Or, or at least twice as likely. Like the, the upset, if, if a minus 1,000 says it happens like one every hundred, you know, one every 10 times or one every hundred times. Uh, the EDG one is saying it happens one every like fifty. It's like twice as likely to happen. I got you. Which is kind of silly in my opinion. Okay. I don't. I don't think H2K beats either of these teams. But hey, put your ten unicorns down on the three team teaser. I need all the help I can get. Uh, last game: SKT versus BKT. Ten coins is not helping you. Look, none of this is going to help me, Walter. This is <laughs> this is Group C day. What I have to do is I'm, I'm basically going to have to take EDG at the plus 145 for the upset against SKT and Trey. I know it's not. I know it's nothing, but that's all I have. That's you're, a- you're better off doing the H2K thing and just putting 10 down on it. Like I'm, I'm telling you ahead of time. I'm gonna I'm gonna put the five teams go the five other games going chalk. And I'm gonna put a significant portion on that. I'm gonna I'm gonna calculate that while we keep going, but. I, it is it is just one of those things where I'm just going to have to accept that there's very little value to be found. You do realize I'm uh, if I'm doing the H2K thing, I'm also doing all the other games with the favorites, right? Here's a question for you. Well, you, you know, because we made a rule, you can't bet against your own team. Like, if you pick the team to win a game, you can't bet on the other side. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm going to do the three H2K games, and then the and other then the three games. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's not going <laughs> to do much for you. You want to hear – this is the fun fact. If you pick – all five of the other team favorites, and which I guess we can we do the last line just really quick. Yeah, let's just do the, the line real quick. SKT versus Bangkok Titans. What do you think the line is? So, what is our highest odds ever? It was minus ten thousand, wasn't it? Uh, that, we, there was a minus thirteen thousand at one point. Okay, I'm doing minus uh, nine thousand. It's not that high. I said minus four thousand. Still not that high. It's minus five thousand, which is better than last week, which was minus three thousand three hundred thirty-three. Oh jeez. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. So, so so let's calculate this. So you get the H2K, the EDG, the SKT, the EDG, and the SKT. So basically, every favorite in the games that are not the SKT EDG game, mm-hmm. you have the same odds as if you picked SKT to beat EDG. It is one point five three. And doesn't. really, it is the exact same. There's no value tomorrow. There's nothing. Your only hope is if you are the one person who believes in the H2K dream and it comes true. Well, you know what I'm going to do? You know what I'm going to do? What are you going to do, Walter? I'm going to do I'm going to do something right here on the podcast. You are. Oh, this is a live podcast. Bet. I I it's a live podcast bet. That hasn't happened ladies, since day 1 and that went terribly for me. So, this is good. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen. Uh-huh. I am going to I'm going to go for a kill here. I am going to put 30 unicorns on the H2K three-game three teaser. If I win, if I win, the return is 1,000. 1,000, 4.64. 
Ladies and gentlemen, that has just been confirmed. And to actually confirm it, it's up on Twitter. Oh my god. So the people who are on Twitter who haven't yet listened to this podcast just saw that and went, wow, what went wrong in this recording session? Like, what, what did they talk about that made Walter actually lose his mind? I can't wait. This is going to be the most, uh, you know, you have made this so much more interesting now. If only because now I genuinely have to live in fear of H2K pulling off some miracle. Which, you what? know, I actually feel a little bit better about as soon as I realize that involves Lulex outplaying Clear Love and Bengi. I'm okay with this. Yeah, that's fine. I I think this will work out all right. Walter, is there anything you want to say before we wrap this up? Oh, yeah. I'm also doing a three-team teaser on the other favorites. On on the two SKT game, on the SKT versus Edward game, the SKT versus uh, Bangkok Titans, and the EDG versus Bangkok Titans game. Uh, okay, and what are and what is that? Uh, how much are you putting? I, on I, that? I need to figure out how much that is, but just okay. so you know, I'm doing those so, as well. So you're doing those. I'm going to do the five favorites going chalk, and I'm going to do something on EDG. So we'll have stuff to talk about tomorrow. It's going to be a, it's going to be an f- interesting day. I, I keep we just wrote off all these games as not interesting, and now I have to sell this as an interesting <laughs> day, which really was a was it's a an poor... interesting day because I put. Th- I could literally just win the challenge tomorrow. You could. It's in if the play. weirdest thing on the planet happens, I could. I could end the challenge tomorrow. Honestly, if you had said I'm going to take the three cloud nine multi bet week one, people would be that, saying the same that thing. That would. That would have killed. Yeah, that would have killed it. But no one would have been stupid enough to do that. No. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Bef- before you watched a game, nobody would have been stupid enough to make that bet. No, I'm sorry. Agree, but you did bet on Cloud9 in all of those games, so clearly. <laughs> did I really? <laughs> you did. Did I really bet? Uh, oh, my God. Hold on. I'm a God. Hold- no, I did. I did not bet on Cloud9 for Hold three on. games. Day one, you bet on Cloud9. You put five. You only put five on there, but you did bet on Cloud9. Uh, day two, you bet on Cloud9. You put ten on there. And day three, oh my god, that, I did. You bet on cloud nine. <laughs> Damn, maybe maybe I will be doing. Maybe I'll be doing a three team teaser on cloud nine too. Huh? Only, interesting. Only an idiot would have possibly made these things, or a <laughs> but one time before it started. So, so that's a podcast. I can't think of a better note to end on. Uh, please come back at five p.m. PST tomorrow. Uh, where we will talk about all the games we saw in Group C. We probably won't spend as much time recapping games unless something absolutely crazy happens. And then we'll get to start breaking down our uh, our Saturday Group D action. It's going to be the a only, time. Sorry, the ahead. only absolutely crazy thing that can happen is if I actually win that bet. And, and if that happens, we'll just start the podcast with me cackling if, for if that, like five minutes. If that happens, I'm canceling the podcast and just... <laughs> I'm, I'm quitting League of Legends forever. Like I will, I, I'm just I'll be done. I will uninstall the game from my computer. I will start looking into into other games. I'll start. I'll become a StarCraft analyst. I'll just I'll go all out. I, I literally uh, don't quote me on that. I, I will. I'll find a way because I have to talk about worlds with you guys, and uh, I need to talk with you guys on at RedShirtKing on Twitter. I love that we've gotten some more followers recently. It's been awesome chatting with you guys during the games. Walter, where can they find you? Uh, at C80s underscore lull, where I am proudly professing that I just gambled on H2K to go 3-0 tomorrow. Yeah, that's there. And you can comment on that, and you can send all the love and, uh, and, and sign of good faith his way. Uh, H2K fans know at least there's one person out there who believes in you tomorrow. And until next time.
Goodbye, Internet.